Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building. And we're also in the village of Wipers Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, which is directly across from Wakey's. We are now able to service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. And you can visit our, our website at ellenbecker.com for more details and kind of get introduced to all of us and our offices. My guest today is Mary Brown, and Mary is the president of Campbell Newman. Mary has actually been doing our radio show since um, April of 2006, so we have lots of history. And in addition to doing the radio show, Mary is um, one of our core managers for our clients' portfolio. She manages the dividend-paying stock portfolio and also the small-cap portfolio, and we'll be talking about that today. But one of the things that has been so wonderful with our relationship is that we've really gotten to know each other, and we've become friends. And it's a rare opportunity for clients and even advisors to ever meet the people that are managing money. Generally, they're in New Jersey or they're somewhere else around the world managing, and you never get to look them in the eye. You never get to have them meet the people who they manage money for. And so it's been really helpful because Mary understands our philosophy, understands what's really important to us, and understands what's important to our clients. And that has made such a world of difference. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you, Karen. Happy to be here. You know, Mary, um, I still remember the day that we that we talked to each other, and it was when the market had corrected, and it, so many things were unstable. And we had several of our clients in large portfolios of um, stock, and at that time, I think it was a million-dollar minimum. And I was talking to Julie, and I said, all of our clients should have something that's very safe. It shouldn't be based on a minimum amount of money. And so you and I went out to dinner. We had a glass of wine, and I talked to you about how we felt that it was really important to give services to all of our clients. And we talked and talked, and I remember we shook hands, and we said, okay. And you took the leap of faith of taking on smaller clients, and um, we took sort of the, the leap of faith of, of trying to have all of our clients use a manager, and it has absolutely worked out phenomenal. It is our core portfolio. We believe so, so much that our clients want to have growth. They want to have some certainty, and of course, we know that the market isn't. So we try to establish the best boundaries and structures that we can. And your dividend-paying portfolio has just been amazing. So maybe you could start out by talking how you decided to, to create that portfolio and how it has performed and why it's been so consistent, mm -hmm. which is what's really important. Well, thanks, Karen. Um, we conceived the dividend growth strategy during the bear market of 2000 to 2003. And during that time, we talked to existing clients, and they said, we really like working with you. We believe in what you do, but we want 
a stock portfolio with higher levels of current income and lower levels of volatility. So um, at that time, dividends were not in favor. Um, we had just come off um, the go-go 90s and the dot-com, and um, people really were not um, were underestimating the power of dividends and and the signal a company sends when they pay a meaningful dividend and then increase it year after year. So we did a whole bunch of research on what dividends meant to total return, what they meant to dampening volatility. And that research became the foundation of the portfolio that we run, which is um, a total return portfolio designed to have higher than average current yield, growing income streams over time, and to outperform the market at lower levels of risk, um, in part due to the characteristics um, we derive from dividends and the dividend payments. So for us with our clients, they will say, you know, I want to make money, but I don't want to lose money. And when we look at the total return and we look at the portfolio, the fact that those stocks have to either increase their dividend mm-hmm. or they're out. Right. And um, for us, when we talk to our clients, we'll say, well, it gives us a guideline and it gives us a red flag if a company decreases their dividend. It doesn't mean that other companies out there in the universe aren't good. It just means that they don't reflect our criteria because we're really looking for something that we feel that when the market goes down, they will come back. It may come back slower. Mm-hmm. It might take a little time but we feel that they won't implode. Right. And that's really important for our clients. When you look at these dividend-paying companies, you know, they they share a number of characteristics, especially when they're increasing dividends. They they have to have growing earnings. You can't year after year increase earnings and pay out more of earnings um, without increasing those earnings um, or you'd be paying out potentially too much and wouldn't be able to reinvest in the business to fund growth. They tend to have high levels of um, discretionary cash flow, more conservative balance sheets. Those are all really important financial fundamentals that also then help them um, decline less during um, times of market stress. And a board really struggles hard not to decrease a dividend. Right. And we say a company's dividend policy is tangible evidence of management's confidence in future <coughs> earnings growth. So when you have a company, for example, that has been increasing its dividend year after year, and all of a sudden they, they cut it or not increase it, um, that is kind of an unspoken message that something has changed. Um, And so we look into that very, very strictly. When you decided to start um, Campbell Newman and you came together to look at the the types of investments that you have, I remember thinking that I would stay up all night and I would be reading prospectuses and I would try to determine what were really good investments out there for my clients. And then I just realized that it was almost impossible for us to do that. What has changed since you started your company and the evolution with all the new technology and trading? When I started out as as a broker 30 years, 30 plus years ago, 
I could go to the paper, the Wall Street, it was one page of mutual funds and stocks. And now, of course, it's the whole Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal yeah. of, of um, different types of strategies, different types of investments. And it has become very difficult for an individual, even an individual that's a financial advisor, to actually be able to do the research on these companies. And so when, when you started your company, how did you approach it and what's changed? Well, um Things have changed a lot. We think Greg FD really leveled the playing field so that everybody gets the same information at the same time. And there has been, as you said, just a proliferation of information. And it's very, very hard to sift and winnow through all that information to know how to. So, you know, we, um, we are not all things to all people. We are very strict in what we do. And we have you know, defined goals and um, very strict criteria for what we will use because our experience shows us over time that this works in what we're trying to do. And um, no, too, we have a team of three investment professionals, and we all have 30 years of um, experience. And that really gives us an edge over a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And um, with so much information, we say that managing money is um, a decision maker's business, and it it's how you use that decision or that information to make decisions really sets you apart. And we're good bottom up stock pickers, and sometimes there's a je ne sais quoi. You know, you've gone through so many um, iterations of experiences, stories being told, and you. You look at the numbers, you look at what management's saying, you look at the market reaction, and um, because of our experience, our flat decision-making structure where we're all bouncing ideas and talking through things um, together, it really um, facilitates great decision-making that results in good um, performance. Julie always says that um, investing isn't like it used to be or like a turkey where you set it and forget it. That You really have to be managing um, those portfolios and looking at those investments every day. So let's take a break and we come back. Let's talk about how you actually determine what is a good company. And, you know, so many companies are good companies, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good company for your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. If you're listening to our show today and you would like to share it with someone, please go to ellenbecker.com and they will be there. We're also creating, I, I want to say iPods, that's not it, podcasts that we're going to be doing for everyone to make it simpler because, you know, the whole purpose behind Money Sense is to bring to you really good thoughts and good ideas so that when you're sitting down and looking at your own personal portfolio, maybe you'll hear something and say, I really should think about that a little bit differently, or maybe I could do this, because we're all different. And, you know, and that's why I always laugh when Julie would say, it's investing isn't like a turkey, Thanksgiving turkey, you know, you just wait for that little button to push out and it says <laughs> it's done. And I think that there were years ago, my uncle 
you know, bought stocks and put them in his in his um, safety deposit box and never looked at them again. <laughs> and but the markets are different and. And we're different when we're much younger, the way we invest as we might invest as we're looking at retirement or saving for retirement when kids go off to college and then are finally finished. All of a sudden, there's more um, discretionary income. So our lives are changing, and it's important to understand um, what that means to you. And I know, Mary, for us, when we sat down, we said that we want you to manage a portfolio of investments that we felt pretty safe and secure that if the market corrected that they would rebound. And so how do you actually select those stocks to give us that feeling of comfort? And I always said, I just need to sleep at night. (laughs) Well, you know, we um, use a bottom-up investment process that is disciplined and repeatable. And it starts um, to keep in mind that investment Um, philosophy that earnings growth drives stock prices and a company's dividend policy is tangible evidence of management's confidence in earnings growth. We start with a quantitative um, screening of a database of 8,500 companies, and we screen for profitability, projected earnings per share growth, um, liquidity, but the most important thing that we screen for is dividend increases, and we require five years of annual dividend increases to be included in our um, active research universe. Our research found once a company initiates a dividend, very few company increase at the first year, the second year, the third year, the fourth year. Once it gets to five years, it becomes institutionalized in um, management's capital allocation strategies so that um, when they're looking at what investments to make with shareholder money, whether it be an acquisition making or uh, making decisions about um, capital expenditures or research and development, that dividend um, payment and the increase of it factors very highly in that. And we think that puts management much more on the same side of the table as shareholders to promote growing earnings over time. Um, so one, we with our with our quantitative um, screens, we take that 8,500 stock universe down to about 150 to 175 companies. Then we overlay a strict valuation parameter. We think that the price you pay for any assets is going to be a key determinant into whether or not you are going to achieve your expected return. So we want our clients and you to know we'll never pay a peak valuation for a stock. Trees don't grow to the sky. <laughs> we limit um, the stocks that we'll look at to those that are in 70% or lower for their 20-year um, historical range on a PE, forward PE basis. And then what we do is we do our um, bottom-up research, and it's done by Remus Miletus, Tom Bolgert, and myself. We're the team who comp- um, built the the process, um, built the more than 15-year uh, um, performance um, history, and um we're the ones who do the research, the bottom-up stock research. We start with looking at 
primary resources, going and looking at 10Ks, listening to um, analyst calls, um, quarterly calls, analyst days. Um, <laughs> you know, we really want to get to know the company and understand what management's trying to accomplish. And in the end, we want to have a thorough understanding um, of the the company's business model, whether or not its end markets can support the goals of their business model. And then we look at Wall Street um, earnings models. And we want to be able to understand the inputs from the Wall Street analysts for revenues, revenue growth, gross margins, um, operating margins, all the way down to the net income line. And we want to um, be able to either confirm or reject consensus earnings estimates for growth. If we don't think the company can earn what the market thinks they can, then we'll look at it another day. If we think they can, then um, we'll take it to the next step, which would be applying. We, we require a 20% total return hurdle rate over the next 18 months for um, somebody on our team to then bring it to the investment committee. Um, we meet formally every Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock to review the portfolio and also discuss new ideas or, or things we might want to trim or sell. Um, uh, it, it, while we meet formally every day or every Wednesday, we're in and out of each other's offices <laughs> all day long talking about things that we're finding, new ideas. So usually it's gone through a couple of vettings before we even get to the point of bringing it to committee during a meeting. And the meeting doesn't have to be on Wednesday. We can decide to make a change <laughs> at any time. Um, and then all our, our changes in our portfolio require a unanimous decision. That's important because, you know, we have three very seasoned professionals on our team, successful. Um, and we know that if there's one of us that has reticence about an idea, it requires more work to convince that last person. So that's how we get something in the portfolio in a <laughs> nutshell. Yeah, it sounds overwhelming and something that I know that I cannot do anymore. And I wonder when you know when we hear your process and very often someone will have in their portfolio a dividend paying stock that's maybe paying twice what anything else is, maybe 5% or 6%. They'll say, "Well, why would I buy that stock, which is only paying 2%, and this one here is paying 6%. And of course, there's just that much more risk in that portfolio. And it might be a very good stock, but it doesn't meet the structure and the guidelines of what we want in that portion of the client's portfolio. That may be more of a growth, that there might be more risk involved in that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, people will use the factor of how much is it paying to make the decision to purchase it. But that's not mm -hmm. always the, the best avenue to take. Right. Frequently when stocks are paying high yields relative to the market, and right now the S&P 500 is at 1.9 to 2%. Um, if something is paying 5% or 4%, there tends to be more um, skepticism from market participants whether or not that company will hold that dividend because or increase it. Because if you're already paying so much higher of a, than a market rate, why would you increase it when everything else is half that? Well, and there's the thoughts, too, that that stock might be paying a higher 
um, dividend, and you're going to be paying tax on that, and there may not be any growth right. in the stock. Right. And what we're really looking for are stocks that are going to give us total return. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like that is because when the market is really doing well, you have the price appreciation. When the market mm-hmm. is down, those dividends are buying more shares at a lower price. And I always say that the person with the most shares wins <laughs> <laughs> because um, – Dividends are paid regardless of the price of the stock, where with a growth stock, you're waiting for price appreciation. And within your portfolio, you want both, Mm -hmm. which takes me, and I think we're probably getting pretty close. So I think we'll take a break because we do want growth of the portfolio, without a doubt. And we we feel that we have found a way with Mary Brown and her team to get growth within a, a, a small cap. Every every big company once was a small company, right? <laughs> and But how do you pick those stocks? And how can you have safety around small cap stocks? Well, stick around. We'll let you know. With that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. My guest today is Mary Brown. She's the president of Camel Newman, which is actually located right downtown in Milwaukee. And I say that because I'm so grateful because I get to see Mary all the time. She does seminars for our clients and dinners and um, writes in our newsletter every quarter. We really want our clients to understand the importance of the teams that we have built that not only service our clients, but bring to me the safety of knowing what my clients own. And when the market's volatile and it's going up and down, um, I, I want to know what's gonna, what, what is going to happen when the market goes down or up and then be able to articulate that to our clients because what I find that really helps for our clients is to understand what they own mm-hmm. and why they own it. And then when the market cracks, I always say – if you call me up and tell me you're really happy that the market corrects, I know I've done a good job because so much of our portfolio isn't driven by interest and income and dividends that in a down market, the more times the market goes down for many people, the more shares they'll have and the quicker the portfolio will grow. But it only works if you own quality. So I stopped the stopped at the um, last segment and we talked about how do you – get growth, though, in a portfolio. I mean, because we do need to keep up with inflation. We need to keep up with taxes. So, Mary, talk a little bit about the small cap portfolio. That's a real exciting um, story. It is. Thank you. Um, so our small, we, we run a small cap growth portfolio that um, you use with your clients, and we appreciate that very much. <laughs> and this portfolio, I think, is a little bit different. Um its hallmarks are um, only the company, only companies with positive earnings um, are eligible to be in the portfolio. Um, we run a high conviction list of 45 to 55 names with relatively low turnover. So this is not a run and gun um, uh, spe- speculative small cap portfolio. Well, statistics tell us that about 50% of all companies that start fail mm-hmm. within the first year, and then 50% of those within the third year, and there's a small portion left in five years. And so we're looking for those that have already gone through all that volatility and struggle. You're right. And and so we think 
in the small cap arena that um, companies that are profitable have demonstrated um, that they have a business model that works Mm -hmm. and they're more likely to have um, earnings growth over time. And we also think that um, using traditional securities analysis um, techniques on companies that are profitable makes a lot more sense versus the speculation and guesswork necessary when you're dealing with a company that doesn't make any money. So when we look at the large cap dividend paying portfolio, how many stocks are traditionally in that portfolio? Um, usually around 30. I think right now we have 31, or not, I think. We have 31 And, and you're, right you're managing it, and so there's some turnover in it. But mm-hmm. what, what, what's really exciting is that our clients own those stocks. They're right. not in a pool. No. They own each individual stock. So we do have the ability to complement that with other stocks. And then in the small cap, how many stocks are in that portfolio? Between 45 and 55 names. And again, that is constantly being managed, and those Mm -hmm. are individual stocks that our our clients have. And I say that because we made the decision that we did not want to use all mutual funds. We... Mm -hmm. Remember what happened to um, Nicholas and we or Strong rather, mm-hmm. and uh, we went. Oh my goodness! You know we don't ever want to find ourselves in one pot. Mm-hmm. And so, in addition to having Mary's two portfolios, we also have individual bond portfolios. So our clients have a a mixture of mm-hmm. things that they actually own and then things that are pooled assets, which work out really well. When you look at the small cap portfolio that you have. Um, what? How do you pick those stocks as well? I mean, there's so many companies out there, mm-hmm. and as we say, we want the ones that are going to go from small cap to mid cap mm-hmm. to large cap. Mm-hmm. Well, we use really many of the same bottom up um, tools that we use for um, dividend growth, but we don't have the dividend parameters. These companies have to be profitable. Um, but again, we're looking for companies that. Um, you know, does management have a well-articulated story? Um, if you look into their end markets, do those end markets support the growth that management has projected? Um, and, um, you know, then is it reasonably valued? Um, or can you – we're willing to pay a little bit higher price-earnings ratio in with these smaller companies for the growth. Um, but – um, really, when you look at um, the overall portfolio, it's it's not full of, um, you know, very high P.E. companies. One of the things, Mary, that I notice as people come in to work with us and we're evaluating their current portfolio, I always say that we sit down and we look at it almost like um, if you go to the mall and there's an arrow and it says you are here. <laughs> and so we we look at all the investments that they have to see exactly where they are. And many times we find that people invest in the same type of stock. It might be all healthcare. It might be all technology. It's difficult for people to really have the benefit of diversification because there's just so many stocks to research and so many mutual funds that might say they're growth and income, but they actually aren't. Their title doesn't represent what's in it. So how do you look at diversification within those portfolios? Mm-hmm. We have um, maximum um, sector weightings relative to the benchmarks um, 
for so we use the S and P five hundred for the dividend growth and the Russell two thousand growth index. Um, for the small cap portfolio, but we don't require that we have exposure in all sectors of the market. There are 11 economic sectors that we typically, or that um, are used. Um, So for example, in dividend growth right now, we don't have anything in the utilities sector Mm -hmm. because too few of those companies meet our um, dividend increase requirement. Too few of the companies in that sector um, have a projected earnings per share growth rate of 6%, which is our minimum mm-hmm. for that. Um, so really, that the quantitative screening that we do on the front end really helps get us to a workable universe for both the small cap growth and the dividend growth that then we, um, we look at things like earnings revisions, um, uh, does Wall Street, when they look at companies' um, results, are they looking for them to do better than mm-hmm. they thought before the results um, came out, um, which is a really positive sign. Um, you know, so then we start screening for other things that that raise positive flags, just as we talked about, you know, a dividend cut mm-hmm. can be a negative flag. When they cut earnings estimates, that's that's a negative what do you love about what you do? Oh my gosh, everything. <laughs> it's it's the intersection of human nature, politics, um, uh, um, world history, um, current events. Um, uh, so so we're always learning. You know, you're always learning about science, and uh, so you're you're always learning in in our business. Um, Plus, we have great clients like you. <laughs> um, I love, you know, we something like 15% of um, Campbell Newman clients are second and third generation. Our company has antecedents going back to um, 1936. And um, so we've had long-term relationships with families. Um, I love the people I work with in the office. Um, and so it, I, I couldn't imagine anything better. You know, I feel in so many ways that every day when I leave my office, I've made a difference. Mm-hmm. And I think for me and for both of us, as we've developed this relationship over time, we really are, are, are concerned. We really work for our clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want them to retire. We want them to have the things that, that, that they want to come out of their lives. And the only way to do that, I believe, is to really have those types of relationships where I know when I go to bed at night that you're doing a really good job and that you're you. looking at the stocks and that you understand what's really important to us and important to our clients. And sometimes you hear those stories out there of things happening and, and it truly breaks my heart. It really does because there are ways that um, by taking the time and by effectively looking at the stocks that that you can um, intercede in a way that you get out of a stock that isn't good just by doing the research. But so many people don't know how to do that mm-hmm. and they don't recognize what all goes into your job the three of you into selecting those investments and I find that it's almost impossible for me to do that I mean it's just there's just too much information and and there's too much um, emotion mm-hmm. 
Well, I I think that's why we do what we do and you do what you do. I don't think I could do well what you do so well, Karen. Which so, makes a really great combination right, right. Of, of working together. And we did a, Julie and I did a show earlier today and we talked about the importance of leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. And so many times people think that the, the big legacy is money. But, you know, when you have a beautiful portfolio that you've worked for, when you pass away, the people that are helping you, your team, whether it be your accountant, your your attorney, your advisor, the people managing your money, those are the legacy that you're leaving your kids. And do you have the right people in place? Mm-hmm. That's always the question. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's actually look at what your crystal ball say. I see you <laughs> brought in that bowling ball case. I'm assuming it's the crystal ball in there. So we'll get that out, and we'll take a look at the uh, later half here of 2019. Your money sense and Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. My guest today is Mary Brown. She's the president of Campbell Newman. And as I said in the last segment, I saw her hauling in that big heavy bowling ball bag. And I'm assuming that it's uh, your predictions in the crystal ball for 2019. That ought to be tricky um, because so much of the market is driven by emotion. And we've certainly seen what's happened at the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. And I'm curious, Mary, what you see um, going forward. But I'm also um, curious as to how does that, when, when the market goes down like that and how does that impact your decision-making on your portfolios? Because we always tell our clients to, you know, just take a deep breath. And I always say nobody gets off a roller coaster while it's moving. And um, certainly sometimes the market does feel like a crazy roller coaster. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, <laughs> um, you know, the, the fourth quarter of 2018 was definitely something that tests your mettle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it really became apparent to us in in the in December and going into uh, Christmas that the market um, was getting close to a bottom. That selling just was beginning more selling, and we were having that panic t- type of selling that leads to meaningful bottoms. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I mean, we we weren't doing much then and yeah. the the um portfolio did well during that period it did and um because of those dividends well because of the dividends and and um you know um the quality yeah and and um when we look kind of we're bottom up investors but but we we do look at what the overall market's doing and and a lot of people say well we've had this long term bull market off of um the 2008 2000 lows and and it's gone on too long it has to end well that correction that we had um in the fourth quarter it it came close i'm not really sure if it was a 20% or mm-hmm. not and whether that qualifies as a bear market but what we know is at the bottoms we um there the the sentiment was um uh so bearish that it becomes bullish um valuations got back down to multi-year lows and so it really provided a great um refresh for the market again mm-hmm. 
and we've had a fantastic rally in the interim. <laughs> um, the S&P 500 is up about 18% year to date. Um, and so uh, we're, we're generally um, um, – we're, we're generally constructive on the market. We see earnings growing over the next couple of years, which is really important to um, stock price appreciation. The fact that the Fed is on hold certainly has been a big help for the market. Um, so, so we think that stocks can grind higher over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, bottom-up stock picking is going to be important um, because – it, um, uh, it, the market could potentially be much more selective in here than it has been in the past. What about market timing? All those people that got antsy at the end of the year and said, you know, the sky is falling, mm-hmm. and they jumped out and went into cash. And, you know, the question isn't always as hard when to get out. It's much more difficult as to what to get in, mm-hmm. which is why we made the decision if we own quality, we've taken that decision off the table. Mm-hmm. Market timing is very yes. hard. We can't do it. I'm, yeah. I, th- I think there may be some people who can, but we can't do it. I'm, it's a toughie. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like, you know, if you look at statistics and how many times the market goes up and down, if you miss one or two, you've missed a major part right. of the return. And we really are going for that total return. And if the market doesn't go down, you know, it's not always going to go up. I think the real key for people is to know what will happen to my portfolio if mm-hmm. the market goes down. Yeah. What will happen to my portfolio if the market goes up? And in that down market, do I have my portfolio situated in a way that my lifestyle doesn't have mm-hmm. to change? Yeah, you're right. And that's the key. You know, when you talk about that, it's math. You know, you go down 50%, you have to go up 100% just to get mm-hmm. back to even. You go down 25%, you only have to go up 33% to yes. get back to even. So if you can protect on the downside, you'll have um, more capital to to build off of um, when things are better. And our hope with our strategy is that our clients will always go down about half of what the market goes down and have that protection. I know that so many times... Uh, client will. It takes time to understand your investment, and it takes time to understand the philosophy, and it takes time for people to go through a, a critical market to understand what's going to happen to their portfolio. But once they put in the time to understand it, they sleep at night. They sleep at night. I remember a client calling. Um, it wasn't a client. It was a, a gentleman that called to um, talk to us about our company and he said I'm like a baby I go to sleep and I cry all night (laughs) and I said we don't want that we don't want you crying all night and and truly you know if you want me to be the best of what I can do I need to be fresh and I I need to be able to Mm -hmm. take our time and um, really reflect on with the client because when a client comes in with us we want to listen and we don't sit and worry about how much time we're spending with a client because we don't have to go and run back to our desk and, and watch that market. We rely on on you and your team to help us pick the best stocks for our clients and the best bonds that we have and the best mutual funds. And it really is like a family recipe that we that we put together. But it wouldn't work if we couldn't count on you doing 
what you say you're going to do. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate that. When you look at any investment manager, we can't have someone that says, oh, my gosh, you know, this is working. Let's run there. Or, oh, my gosh, let's do this. We need someone that's going to stick to their values and stick to whatever they say they're going to do because we count on that. Right. I completely agree. We understand what our role is in your multi-asset portfolios and you know we're gonna do what we say we we are going to do and um it's a repeatable and disciplined process and so it should work count on it and Mm -hmm. if we can count on it then our clients count on it which really does make a difference and it makes a difference when the world is going up and the market's great everybody's happy when it makes a difference is when the market goes down and we can look our clients in the face Mm -hmm. and say you know what this has gone down but it will come back Mm -hmm. and that's what we want and then I show them the graft of where it is and I'll say would you like me to buy this stock that's paying dividends up here or would you rather me buy it when it's down here really low and you get more shares you get more bang for your buck and I think it's by that education you've educated us and we can educate our clients and that's the whole purpose of the radio show is to help people understand that there are alternatives for them, whether it's coming in and working with us, which we certainly hope that people would give us a call at 262-691-3200, and you can always go to our website, ellenbecker.com, and look at us, look at our offices, and, um, and, and get to know us a little bit better before you come in. But it, it really is important, and if you're a client of Ellen Becker Investment Group, you will get to meet Mary in person, and because Mary really does hold a position in, I'd have to say, 99% of every one of our clients' portfolios, and that really is um, the piece that I feel is sort of the structure of the portfolio because we can really count on it. The small caps, we can, but it is more growth-oriented. There is going to be a little bit more risk there. We really like our Terry Pavlik portfolio, which is our bonds, which we our clients own the bonds, and so we know that that's going to be very stable. Mm-hmm. And then we sprinkle in with a lot of other different investments to capture the t- other returns that we want for the diversification. So it's really been um, a great relationship and I truly appreciate you coming in and talking to our clients and to our audience here because we want everyone to it's be successful pleasure. and everyone to be happy. So again, today my guest is Mary Brown. She's the president of Campbell Newman, which is located right downtown in Milwaukee. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. And remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. You have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.